Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Ellison with the Digital Education Podcast, and I'm back again with my friend Dennis Eastman. Dennis, how you doing? Great to be here. Great to be with Eric. Excited about our guest. Sweet. And so our guest today is we're re renewing or continuing to build on rather than renewing, continuing to build on the monthly conversations that Dennis and I have been having with educators in, in that sense of the stories of becoming more human. And just a quick reminder, it was a conversation that Dennis and I were having about a little over a year ago about how do students and how do those interactions change us as people and as professionals. And so we've been inviting educators into those conversations uh, because we love our work and, and we see the impact that it has on us as human beings. And so today we're with Haley Williams and she is an art teacher in Texas, but I'm gonna let her tell us more about herself um, rather than me ruin it. So Haley, jump in, tell us about yourself and wh where you're at and what you do. And then also start us off with that story of that experience with students or st a student that it really impacted you as a person and as a professional. Yeah, so my name is Haley Williams, as Eric previously said. First off, I want to say thank you to Eric and Dennis both, because I have constantly listened to podcasts my entire life, but this is my first time being on a podcast, and it's like a lifelong milestone for me right now. So I have to say thank you for that because I'm so excited. Um, I am a coffee-fueled teacher here in Houston, Texas. I'm originally from Iowa, grew up in the education system up there, and it's been amazing to be able to witness how education is different, even just in a various part of the United States. And here teaching in Houston, I have previously taught the IB International Baccalaureate Visual Arts Program, along with just our basic freshman level Art One class. So had experience in high school now for the last three years. I started right before COVID hit. So the semester before COVID, I had that one semester of quote unquote regular traditional education. And then after that, had to learn virtual, how to get in contact with students, so on and so forth. And now coming back from education. So uh, the way I met Eric was we met at Baylor University. I'm completing my master's in educational leadership here in December. And that's also the pathway I got to meet Dennis at one of the academies for leadership they had. So I'm just excited to be here. And like I said, it's a huge honor to share the stories, not only of what I've experienced, but also from the students that I've been able to impact and how they've impacted me. So while I could choose from thousands of kids at this point that have impacted me, one that really stands out uh, didn't start as the happiest story because I had a student that was not in an art class. He was in one of my general classes called study skills. So hopefully teaching that student how to apply for scholarships, how to look beyond high school, and some of those professional life skills. Now, I was hired as an art teacher without a lot of background knowledge in this content. So that was one of those preps where you truly have to prepare for that class in order to fully understand what it is you're going to teach. So we're talking about life goals with these kids. And um, one day, the student who had previously been what I would call, I call my students my little baddies if they pretend they don't like school <laughs> or they don't pretend to like the teachers or like the students around there. They're kind of just getting floating through the day until you have that one little spark that changes them. So I had one of my little baddies walk in and 
I was going through attendance and every single time I had to take attendance, I do some kind of social emotional learning question. And it can be something simple like scale of one to three, how's your day going? One being great, three being awful. And I kind of gauge them from there. Other times it's what's your favorite food, all these other things, just to get to know them a little bit more instead of just saying the basic here. So I asked the question, how did you make an impact today? Was the SEL question for attendance. And that for some reason really got to this student. And for the sake of anonymity, we'll call him um, Matthew. So Matthew, when I called his name, tears came to his eyes. And this was a student that had been previously really guarded for the entire class. He was a social student, but guarded when it came to authority. And next thing I know, he is standing up. He is walking out of the class because he didn't want to cry in front of people. So I immediately, as a first year teacher, had no idea what to do because this was in my first semester of teaching. So I kind of peeked out into the hallway and I'm half and half in my class and with him in the hallway. And I'm like, turn around, turn around, because I felt like if he kept walking out of that hallway, he was never going to come back to this school because he just had that aura about him where he was already on that edge of not coming back. And so he actually turned around, walked a few steps back to me. And then after I got another teacher to cover that class for me, thankfully, we went into another room right next to my principal's office with, we have windows for conferencing. And he explained to me that he had been experiencing horrible, horrible neglect and abuse in his home. And for some reason, when I asked that question, how have you impacted someone today? Or how have you been impacted today? He could only think of negative things. He could only think of things that changed him in a way he didn't want to be changed. And through that conversation, we were able to get him the support and intervention that he needed. We were able to bring him back from this point of being in an ex extremely dark place because he was the one that told me, had I kept walking, I was not coming back to this school because he was in such a low place where he felt like he had nowhere to turn from his family to also at the time, his girlfriend, who was also now reciprocating some of those abusive tendencies to him. And just because of the, what I would call a pretty basic relationship that soon turned into something that was more of a flourishing professional relationship between me and a student, he came back and later told me that he was on the verge of joining a gang outside of the school too that weekend. He was considering doing some of those things to get involved in that, but he changed his mind. He turned around. He literally made that change so we could find some people to support him and take him away from the people that were not supporting him, that were having those abusive tendencies in his daily life. And then right after that, he was going to counseling every single week with our intervention specialist. He was having you know, such a positive trajectory, checking in with me on a daily basis, even when I didn't have him in class through those supports and then COVID hit. So he was gone after that. I could not get in contact with him through the counselor. We tried to email him. We did all of these things. And then school started the next year. Like we had no contact with this student, Matthew, again, let's say. And then two weeks after school started, I see this Matthew kid knocking on my classroom door. And I was like, 
hold on, everybody. I got to go see him. Because at this point, I had no clue where he was. I swing open the door. He's got tears in his eyes. I got tear, tears in my eyes. I give him a big hug. And I'm like, where have you been? And he's like, I am with a new adoptive family. I'm in a better district. I'm in a better school that's going to work for me. And I'm in a positive environment. He says, I have a scholarship and I'm going to college. And ever since that moment, it taught me so much about the education that we're providing to our students, yes, but how much those little things, those daily interactions, the ability to treat students like humans, it changed my entire perspective, especially as an art teacher. All we do is we focus on expression. We focus on the meaning of things. And we ask those philosophical questions all the time. What is the meaning of life? And we try to explore that in art. But for this student to make that connection with me in a non-art class or a non-art capacity, it was something like I'd never experienced before. But to see him come back into my classroom a whole year later and say, I have nothing to do with that gang. I am out of that abusive situation and I am moving forward. He said, I don't go to this school anymore, but I had to come back to tell you. He said, I had to tell you this and now I can go and continue on with the rest of my life. It was a life-changing moment. I really have a hard time explaining because there's no way I can pack it into earthly words, but it was outstanding. So that's the story I wanted to share too. I mean, that is fantastic. I love, love stories like this. Um, here you were trying to help a kid be an active participant in his own rescue. And mm -hmm. he turns out changing the trajectory of the way you're going to teach for the rest of your career. So, so exciting to hear about, uh, about this. So I'm curious, now that you are a, um, a teacher who is in a place where you're seeing, um, and, I, and I don't want to imply that you didn't before, but you're seeing kids in a new way, in a new light, with a new opportunity, new possibilities. Um, what does your classroom look like now? You were sharing before how you start with uh, um, a a great moment of a scale of one to three, right? Uh, love it. I do this. I do the same thing. Um, love the check-ins. Um, what else are you doing in your class, or what else have you have you done differently since that day to make your classroom a place where kids want to come, not just a place where kids have to go? Mm. Oh yeah, I love how you phrase that last part too, because it's like. The art in particular that I teach, we are not a core, right? We're not a core subject, but instead we find some of the most passionate students in these courses because they're given the opportunity to be creative, imaginative. They are taught rules and then they are. So for me, when a student walks into my class, the thing that has shifted in my mindset is I can be there as a support. I can be a facilitator, but the focus is off of me. I think that first year of teaching, I was in a presentation energizing style that was like, I need to make them excited about this lesson. Whereas now I've learned that the more they can rely on one another, socialize, communicate, analyze artwork, evaluate success. If they're having that dialogue with one another, 
they're making strong relationships that they can rely on outside of school. And they're learning how to take those interpersonal skills beyond the classroom. So for me, I want to be there as a support when they need to be lifted, but I also want them to understand that I am not necessary to their success. Because for me, the story about Matthew is that he is able to move forward without me. I was there when he needed me, but he is now going to be successful because of the small seeds I was able to plant with him. So my classroom in particular, as far as a management style too, really comes from the employment basis in a sense of I come into the room, give them their prompt, the the problem that they're going to face in their workplace, which in this case is an artwork prompt, and they have to run with it. They have to brainstorm themselves, compare that and get feedback from a peer, and they have to learn how to receive feedback, which is huge. So I'm teaching them both the hard skills of learning how to create artwork in a technical capacity, and also the soft skills that they're going to need when they go to get jobs, right? How do you receive feedback? How do you work with other people? And how are you hitting parameters that your boss, aka me, is giving you? So for me, it's letting them have that opportunity to flourish with one another that has become huge. And every time before they leave, I'm sure if you have art teachers listening, they're going to love this. They have to clean their workspace because I say at no point when you're leaving work, would you leave it a mess? (laughs) So they're learning things that, yes, coincide with our curriculum, but also hopefully those life skills that they're going to take with them too. I love it. Uh, I have another maybe a little follow up here to that and we'll, we'll take it outside of the classroom. Um, as you know, um, enthusiasm is when, when you break it down in the, in the Latin entheoasm is spirit filled movement, right? Enthusiasm. It's, um, has a way of being contagious and what you're talking about has the ability to be contagious, not only in your classroom, but outside your classroom. But not all of your colleagues may feel like what you have experienced, right? They're in there, some of them are teaching subjects in which students don't have the opportunity to do the expression session where you turn on the jazz and they're just splattering paint, you know, doing the Jackson Pollock thing, or they're, they're, they really enjoy getting lost in their drawings. Some are doing these very core academic And so what would you say to a teacher who's saying, um, maybe even kind of struggling through the uh, seeing students as uh, not people, but students as problems to be solved rather than opportunities to really light the enthusiasm? How would you go about uh, helping your colleagues in that way? Yeah, Um, when I think about that question, whenever I'm trying to get my students excited about something, I genuinely and authentically have to be excited about it myself because if I am not finding excitement in what I'm doing and what I'm wanting them to do, everything I teach them is going to come off as inauthentic. And I think what I would recommend to someone that's having issues with students engaging or they have low motivation, I think the more ownership that students can take of their education the better they're going to be engaged in the long run. So I know we are constantly compared like art and math. They're seen as like polar opposites, right? We have one that's extremely technical and you have another form of technical, which is art, right? So 
whenever they're compared between the two, I consider how those teachers, they have problems physically that they're solving all the time. But I would challenge these teachers to relinquish some of that control of the classroom and have it be more student owned. So if students are making problems and formulas that they're quizzing each other on, rather than just filling out a worksheet, how can you like gamify it so that we can find answers and problems and solutions? And again, make it future oriented because a lot of the times the students are seeing these exercises as busy work or they're very static, right? But making it a worthwhile practice so that they can feel like the knowledge and the struggle that they're feeling is worthwhile. Because don't get me wrong, the rigor of my classes is extremely high. I'm teaching the AP college course level classes. And my other classes below that are still very similar. They're very rigorous. But I want the students to understand that that struggle is where they are learning the most. Because if you're extremely skillful in math, let's say, I want you to use those skills by teaching other students and going and growing your capacity as a leader to teach other people because then that also to me takes some of the burden off of the teachers where they're constantly answering 30 students questions right so to me I think bringing some ownership in always gets me excited and whenever we have discussions in my class even if you're discussing why are we doing this what is the purpose behind our work the kids are so ready to talk about that If you relinquish that control, they will take advantage of it, is what I have experienced in the past. And that's what I would recommend. All right, Haley, this is phenomenal stuff. There's so many different directions we could go. But I'm interested. I want want to take you to the place where you talked about, you know, struggle, right? And you mentioned the importance of the struggle. And, And we talk about, you know, people will talk about failing forward. They'll talk about, you know, failure is an essential part of success and all those types of things. Help me understand a little bit of your role or how you even process or think about it in the sense of saying, I need to allow the student to struggle through this because what's going to come out on the back end of it is actually going to become greater, become better and, and, and more beautiful, more creative, more thoughtful. And, and the experience of that struggle is oftentimes what creates the beauty on the back end. How do you as a teacher walk that journey of struggle with the student with but knowing that place of like can't let them get to failure because then failure is oftentimes the place where they quit and that's where I think for me I like how you use that term struggle versus how we oftentimes talk about failure right it's the struggle that then leads to the ultimate you know growth success whereas the failure usually or often or too often kind of ends up in, in, in quitting or being done. So how do you like perceive or what are some of the things that you think about like, okay, they've kind of hit their limit. I need to step in and help. Or, you know what, they need to, they need to struggle a little bit longer and harder at this. Like, how do you think about that as a teacher? Yeah, there's a purposeful times in my classroom when someone is looking like they're right at that point where they're going to disengage, right? Whether that's putting their head down or looking off to the side, being distracted, right? There's times when when they're thinking and then there's times when on the brink of quitting, like you said. And we experience that quite a lot in art. And I feel like it would happen with a lot of our other subjects as well, because a lot of it comes from a point of frustration or what they're imagining in their head is not happening on that piece of paper, right? But a lot of the times what I have to remind my students is that 
we are all on a separate journey. Some of us have had multiple levels of art classes before and sketching three different ideas is not a big ask. And for some of my other students, they are not even confident with their stick figures. And they tell me that very openly. But I say the biggest thing I need right now is I need you to try. I need you to give me effort and then we can build on that. Because if we disengage and we no longer spend time on something and we try to refine it ourselves, it's going to stay in what I call the ugly stage of an artwork, right? Every single artwork and almost everything we experience in life when we are needed to be resilient, it's going through what I call the ugly stage of the artwork. That's when the most important design decisions and also to me, character building decisions are made. So a lot of the times I have the students step back from the work and they might even write a purpose statement. They might reflect and ask themselves, why am I doing this? Or why am I struggling? Because a lot of the times my students will realize, oh, I'm not even struggling with my artwork. It's the fact that I had a terrible morning this morning walking into school, or I did not get here on time. So I did not eat breakfast, right? It's these other factors that are affecting their current decisions. Cause a lot of our students are seeing the present and the present only, and that's what they're living in. But by giving the opportunity for those students to take a step back, and it's just a quick 30 second exercise where they write about what is my actual struggle? And that's where it opens up the visualization a little bit for them. And I've also had my students talk to one another. If someone is really struggling, I'll ask them to talk to their peers. I have one kind of testimonial on this in particular. I had a student that was right on the point of disengaging for her artwork. And it was a difficult challenge. It's all about perspective when we are using math and we're measuring angles. And it's things you can very quickly get wrong. And for her, she kept repeatedly getting it wrong over and over again. So rather than me coming over to save the day, I had one of our students that was doing really well with perspective come over and sit alongside her. And all she had to do, I said, you don't even have to teach one another. I said, uh, let's say, for example, um, Emily. I said, Emily, just watch Isabel here for a little bit and see how she moves. I just want you to watch how she moves. And without that student saying anything, she was able to pick up on these cues for perspective because I had already verbally and visually taught her, but that did not work in her brain for that day on how to reciprocate it herself. So I instead had a student teacher that showed her without even having to teach or take my position in a sense. So for me, getting that point of reflection and honoring the struggle itself is what's building resilience, both for the artists and for them as people. Because without that resilience, they're going to look to their left, look to their right out in the world, and they might not have people on the left and right all the time to come in and save the day. So for me, it's resilience for their work as well as their character too. I love it. I love it. Honor the struggle. Okay. So you're going to have to benchmark this because someday in your life, you're going to need to listen to yourself, tell this story, <laughs> right. And remind yourself to honor the struggle, even in your own personal yeah. life. Um, last question, and maybe close us up with this because I've, you know, both Dennis and I've gotten to know you through the, the, the Baylor masters in school leadership program. And, um, 
I'm wondering, like your classroom teacher, and you're pretty, you're even still pretty new to the profession, right? You talk about, you know, that semester and then going into COVID and then the last couple of years. What gets you excited or hopeful for your place in our profession in this work so that then like you have more of those Matthew stories and you have more of those experiences like that? But like, why jump into leadership? at a time when people aren't jumping into leadership, why kind of, and then what gets you hopeful in that? Yeah. Oh man. So I think I love the question because it's, again, you could take it in so many ways, right? The first thing that popped into my head as to like why I would want to go into leadership is because of the Baylor Masters for School Leadership. It's shifted my perspective so much on the support of teachers, administrators, all staff, to support our students and community. And it's in a different way than we've done before because we're always centered on academic performance and our static quantitative data, which is extremely important, but we're also looking at our schools and communities through a qualitative lens now. We're trying to think about how can we shift the world to recognize our students and our staff as human beings and also make sure they're to the point where they are healthy enough to begin to learn and begin to retain the information they are being taught five, 10 times a day with different classes, right? So for me, what gets me excited is seeing students that begin to realize their passions. And for me, I think that can start as young as elementary. If you have those student leaders and student leaders don't have to be the loudest kid in the class. They could be the introverts that are really good at doing something. But I think Our educators are now keeping their eyes open a little bit further for the potential of each of our students because we have such an emphasis on relationships nowadays. I am the social emotional learning champion for my campus. And so along with education, I'm going through and doing coaching cycles with teachers on how to build better relationships. And my district has a whole department dedicated to it. That's huge. They're funding money to make sure that staff and students are supported physically, mentally, emotionally before they even get into the classroom. Because I feel like we in education are really starting to recognize how important it is that we have that sense of community and belonging before we even step foot into a classroom where we're gonna have a direct impact on 30 human lives in front of us that are extremely moldable. So to me, that's what I'm most excited about is teachers being better able to reach and help the students reach their own potential for the future. Because a lot of our teachers will not see all of the work that they have put into those students right away, right? It could be 10 years down the line where they think back about your classroom and they're like, hmm, I should be a better person today. (laughs) But some of them are going to go the next week and they're going to say, hey, I decided to join this club. I'm going to take medical terminology. I'm going to do all these things to think about a career path or think about a pursuit that's going to make me fulfilled in life, not just make me the most amount of money. That's obviously coming from a teacher, but my students in particular, that's what I'm most excited about. And that's why I got into leadership is so I can hopefully better equip other teachers and other future educators on how to better support their students. Because if our teachers are supported, if they're well-equipped, they're ready to walk into that classroom, 
I want the students ready to walk out of the classroom and into a more positive future for themselves too. Haley, love it. I'll come work at your school someday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Love it, Haley. This is great. Thanks for having this conversation with us. Dennis, always a blessing. That was great stuff. Thank you both so much. It was amazing to be here and share a little bit about my experiences too.